Brian's dead. It was about 10.30 at night on December 1st, 2001, and my mother stood in front of me saying those words. I was 22 and seven months pregnant. My then husband, Craig, and I had only been married for about four months. We were building our first house together, and earlier that day, we had driven by the site to see the progress they were making. We didn't stay long, though, because we had tickets to see the Nutcracker. Craig got them for us as a birthday present for me. I had never been, and I was really looking forward to it. Traffic getting out of the new neighborhood was ridiculous, and we ended up going a back way because of all the traffic. Looking back on it now, I should have known something was wrong. A few minutes earlier, I saw the Life Flight helicopter flying over, and I said a quick prayer for whoever it was picking up. We made it to the show on time, and I actually really, really enjoyed it. We got home and were getting settled in for the night when I noticed the dog started barking. I got up and looked out the window to see what was going on. It was my mom and her best friend Margaret. I could tell by the look on my mom's face that something wasn't right. I opened the door and she said, I need to tell you something. Of course, my mind immediately flashed to the worst. Something had happened to my stepdad. She must have seen it on my face because she quickly reassured me, Larry's fine. She followed it up with Brad's fine too. Brad is my brother. Well, stepbrother really. My mom met Larry when I was seven, and they got married that same year. Along with him, Larry brought his two sons. They were both younger than me, Brad by a year and a half and Brian by two and a half years. Brad was 20 at the time and had been on active duty in the Marines for two years. He was home on leave for Thanksgiving and had just left to go back to Quantico. After Larry, my next concern was for him that his plane had crashed or something, and he hadn't made it back safely. But he did make it back okay. And for some reason, I drew a blank on who else she could have been talking about. I guess I couldn't grasp, or didn't want to grasp, that something could have happened to my baby brother. But it did. It had. My mom continued talking. Something about there had been an accident. And suddenly it hit me. The life flight helicopter I saw earlier was for him. The accident had happened right outside of our new neighborhood. I was so close. I was right there. He was right there. I could have done something. I could have helped him. I let out a scream and I fell to the floor. Brian and I were close. Really close. He was so excited about being an uncle. I found out the week before that I was having a girl. I had just talked to him the day before the accident and thought about telling him, but I didn't. I wish I had. He would have been so excited. The next few days were a blur. The wake came, and then the funeral. I remember at the wake, looking at him lying there. It didn't look like him. He looked orange, or tan or something, but not like Brian. I was supposed to sing at the funeral. Amazing Grace. I couldn't do it. I still think of him every time I hear it. At the cemetery, 
I told them to stop when they were lowering the casket. I wasn't ready. I'm still not. I visit him every month. I take him a rose every time I go. We buried him with roses on top of his casket. I wish I could remember what color they were. Five years earlier, I had joined the Air Force. I didn't just want to go to college right after high school. I wanted to do something different, something important. After several weeks at boot camp, I was stationed in San Antonio, Texas, and lived there for several years. In 2006, I transferred to Ellington Field in Houston, Texas, and in 2007, I went to Iraq. The plane ride over was long and scary. Landing was the worst, though. We had to go dark because of random flares being fired into the airfield. It felt like I was in a movie. Surreal. After we landed, we were taken to our dorms, and there was a mortar attack. It shook the entire dorm. The attacks happened pretty much every day. Even though you knew it was coming, you still weren't prepared for it. The worst attack actually happened as we were leaving. We were getting ready to process out, and they had us stationed in tents with cots so that we could rest. I was sleeping when it hit. It must have hit right outside of the tent because it knocked me out of my cot and onto the ground. It was so loud, and my ears were ringing. I remember someone running over to me to make sure that I was okay. I don't remember much after that. The symptoms started immediately after I got home. I couldn't sleep. When I did, I would have horrific nightmares. Every sound that was unexpected sent me over the edge. A bottle opening, a door slamming, a firework, it was all the same. Even though it was bad, I didn't want help. Instead, I self-medicated with alcohol and partying. It made me feel better, at least for a little while. Finally, in 2009, after my second daughter was born, I knew I had to do something. I had to get help. My name is Marnie, and I'm diagnosed with PTSD, depression, and generalized anxiety disorder. At first, I was relieved. I was finally going to get some relief. I started taking medication and was looking forward to it working. What I wasn't ready for was giving up the alcohol. So much was going on in my life and I just couldn't give it up. Eventually I stopped taking my medication altogether. I told myself it wasn't working, but the truth is, I wasn't letting it work. Over the years I tried to stop drinking, but I just wasn't able to. Until two years ago, when my oldest daughter suffered a very traumatic and life-changing event. Standing next to her in the hospital, something clicked, and I knew I had to be a different person for her, a better person. I'm still working on myself. I go to counseling regularly, and I'm working on finding the right treatment for me. It's up and down. There are good days and bad days. But I can finally accept that I need help outside of myself and I am determined to live a better life going forward. I am joining the Miraculously Mental team because I want to help other people. 
If someone can hear my story and realize that they are not alone and reach out for help, then it's all worth it. But I also want to learn. I'm still in the beginning phases of my recovery and I'm excited to learn as much as I can. I'm really, really excited about this. I know what it feels like to worry about what people will think about you if you share your truth. That has to change. We should all feel safe speaking to our pain and to who we are. I hope this show will give someone that power and that freedom. If we all come together, no fear, no shame, I truly believe we can make a difference.